0: Welcome to episode 61 of Podcast Royal where we answer the question are the Sussexes coming to the UK for the Platinum Jubilee? We get new photos for Charlotte's birthday and the Cambridge's dog's name plus a terrifying security breach at Windsor leaves lingering questions about safety at royal households. Let's dig into all of this and more right now. Welcome back to episode 61
1: of Podcast Royal. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great. How are you? Well, I'm freshly back from the Dominican Republic in my total copycatted. I told, I have, will shamelessly say that I completely copycatted your trip right down to the exact city in the Dominican Republic, not the exact resort, but a sister resort. And I am relaxed and I, I caught a bit of a cold. It's not COVID. Trust me, I had to test a million times to get back in the United States. It's not COVID, but it's allergies or a cold or a sinus infection. But I am very relaxed
0: off of a great vacation. And yeah, we have not had a chance to get together for dinner since she got back. And we're going to have to go and compare notes about our experiences yeah, yeah. and talk about all the things that we did. So I'm really excited about that.
1: Yes, we need to do that. We we need a dinner desperately, and we will do that. But I'm wondering what
0: you are into this week. <laughs> so this week, I'm I guess I'll say I'm into a movie, but I haven't actually seen it yet, so I can't really <laughs> speak to if it's good. Um, but I recently stumbled across. Uh, Some movies, I was scanning through Amazon Prime um, and there was this kids movie. So I don't know if any of our listeners have kids, but if you do, I found a cartoon movie on Amazon called The Queen's Corgi. Have you heard of this?
1: No, but I don't also, I don't get on Prime very often. I, I rarely watch Prime for whatever reason. Well,
0: oddly enough, neither do I. And I just happened to get on there one day. Um, it's about an hour and 25 minutes. It's rated PG. It looks really cute. It says 72% of viewers have given it a thumbs up, uh, but it was released in January of 2020. And I'll read the description for listeners. So it says, the queen's favorite Corgi lives a life of luxury at Buckingham Palace. However... He ends up on the streets after he is blamed for a very inappropriate diplomatic situation (laughs) during dinner with the president of the United States. Um, I did watch the trailer and you can guess who the cartoon president is supposed to be but politics aside just looking at a cartoon movie about the queen's corgi it seems like a really cute watch and I was thinking I might actually watch it later tonight after we record so I'll uh, maybe tell you how it was next time we uh, Uh, yeah
1: but I can't believe that the corgi's out on the street
0: (laughs) I want to I'll adopt the corgi <laughs> yeah there's I think I saw a, a cartoon Queen Elizabeth um and Prince Philip in the movie and the little corgi I imagine probably finds his way to a pound or something and has to work his way back into the palace I'm not sure but um really <laughs> cute watch for listeners who have kids or just want to oh watch a cartoon
1: <laughs> oh my gosh well I hope the queen's corgi ends up back at Buckingham Palace where he belongs <laughs> or where she belongs Um, you'll have to let me know how that is. And, um, you know, other than an incredible week in the Dominican Republic, which I highly recommend to all of our listeners, um, I also had an incredibly fun night out with you before I left for the Dominican Republic. We went to a concert and we had a great time. So that was a blast. But um, did you see Fergie's slipper shoes with never complain, never explain on them?
0: Yes, I did. I could not believe that.
1: Yeah, that is that was that was a moment right there. That was pretty brazen and pretty bold. Um, And another thing I'm into this week is it made my 1990s heart really happy to see Mel B from the Spice Girls get an investiture honor from William this week. And I don't know what has happened to me, but ever since I saw that, I have, this is so embarrassing. I have been listening to the Spice Girls like nonstop for the past week. Like they have, listen, they had some really good songs. And when I put on their music, I feel like I'm 10 years old again, It's 1996. I don't have a care in the world. I have no bills to pay. And I'm listening to want to be and say you'll be there and spice up your life. And so that is what I'm into this week.
0: I love it. Yeah, I like Mel B and um, also love the Spice Girls. I love some good throwback music from our younger years.
1: Yes, the 90s were the best and no one can deny this ever. Okay, so let's move into segment one, your fashion pick of the week. So I want to know first off what you thought about Kate's belted green. It's a jewel colored green dress last week. It seems to be a bit polarizing and I want to know what you think.
0: So, funny enough, the green belted dress is actually my uh, fashion pick for this episode. Well, how
1: about that?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I loved this dress. And, you know, it's interesting because I normally wouldn't go for a belted look, especially the metal buckle feature that's not really my preferred style Uh but there was something about this dress that was so eye-catching in a really good way and Mm -hmm. I think what it was was it was really giving me like 1950s 1960 vibes did you Uh get that yeah and but a lot of people are saying that she's trying to go
1: to 80s like with the metal buckle like with the with the buckle
0: so but
1: I can see like I just personally I just love the the color of the dress. Like I love a jewel tone.
0: Well, I did not pick up on the 80s vibe with this dress. I was thinking 50s, 60s, and that's what I really loved about it. Um, I could just see someone, you know, like really stylish woman in the mid-20th century kind of pulling this look off. It was really kind of classic, feminine. Um, I also thought the dress fit her really well. It hung nicely. I thought the ties on the sleeves were kind of fun. Um, And I thought it was appropriate for the event. So for listeners who may not know, Kate wore this dress to present the Queen Elizabeth II Award for British Design at the Design Museum in London. And the event recognized the talent support initiatives of the BRF Foundation as described by the British Fashion Council. So Kate presented the award to Saul Nash, who is, um, according to their Instagram, redefining how we look at luxury menswear and sportswear. Um, and that was on the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge's Instagram account. Um, so, okay, Rachel, I want to know what you thought. Did you think overall it was a hit or a miss?
1: I thought overall it was a huge hit. I love the color. I love really everything about this dress, except if I had to do away with anything, what do you think I would do away with?
0: Well, if you're anything like me, I would probably say the belt.
1: Okay. I would keep the belt. Actually, the bows on the arms mm. are a bit distracting to me, but I also don't hate them either. But yeah, I mean, the the look is a hit for me The again, the color, I can't get enough of, but um, if I, if I had to change it, I would take away the bows on the arms, but overall I loved it. And it, and like you said, it, is a very appropriate dress for the setting that she's in and she always does that right like she's very good at dressing for wherever she is whether it's you know a certain patronage or engagement or a certain country so I loved it
0: cool so we're both in agreement on that
1: we are simpatico as they might say (laughs) so I am going to move us into segment two, which is a segment we've never done before, and we're going to try it and we're going to see if it works. And it's called the good news or the bad news first. So I'm going to take a topic and I'm going to say, do you want the good news or the bad news first? And we're going to unpack it take if you will both sides of the coin the good and the bad so Mm -hmm. our first topic is Harry and Megan returning to the UK for the Platinum Jubilee and with that my friend I'm going to let you decide do you want the good news or the bad news first let's start with the good news Okay, so the good news, it has been confirmed, unless you've been living under a rock, even even me in the Dominican Republic heard that, yes, Harry and Meghan will be returning to the UK for the Platinum Jubilee, making my long-held royal dreams come true that maybe, just maybe, Lily will get to meet her namesake for her first birthday on June 4th. But the bad news, Harry and Meghan, along with Andrew, which isn't really bad news, but Harry and Meghan will not be appearing on the Buckingham Palace balcony during Trooping the Color. So the Queen said that after careful consideration, only working members of the royal family will join her on the balcony. So would love to know your thoughts. Harry, Meghan, Archie, and Lily are coming to the UK for the Platinum Jubilee, but they will not be on the balcony for Trooping the Color.
0: Yeah, I, um, I was surprised to hear that they were um, going to make it. You know, there's been a lot of talk with security concerns um, from Prince Harry. And I had said before, I really didn't expect them to make it. So we'll see what happens. Um, I certainly hope they get to attend. I think that would be a really great opportunity, as you said, for Lily to meet the Queen. And um, it would be really fun to see the family together. Um, as far as them not being on the balcony, you know, I'm okay with that. I think if you draw a line and you say working royals only, it's hard to make exceptions in that situation, regardless of what you might think about, you know, Prince Andrew um, and, and why he should or shouldn't be up there. I feel like it's an easy way to, um, you know, make a decision one way or the other. And unfortunately, you know, it, it kind of shakes out that the Sussexes won't be able to be on the balcony. But I feel like, That's the right decision. You know, we do have the Cambridges. We do have the Wessexes, working really, really hard on behalf of the crown. So it makes sense that they would be on the balcony um, and that the working royals wouldn't be. But I'm not sure what that means as far as where they will be or where we might see them. Yeah, well, I think
1: that we will see them and we will talk about this later in the show. I think we will see them at the service of Thanksgiving, which is the next day, June 3rd. And excuse me, I have, I'm coming out of a cold. And so if I have to clear my throat listeners, I'm so sorry, but um, I'm obviously thrilled that they're coming back. I I knew that this was a possibility after their April 14th visit to Windsor to see the queen. And I'm so happy that they've accepted it. Obviously there's been some work around with security that makes Harry feel comfortable enough to bring not just Megan back, but the kids. I have a feeling that Royal security is going to be in place for them when they're attending Uh, official royal events, like the service, whatever they end up going to like the service of Thanksgiving. So I'm so happy that he's going to get to be there. I am so happy that Lily and the queen are going to finally get to meet whether it's on her birthday or what they're just going to get to meet. And that's wonderful. And I agree with you. I don't think there was any other way to handle the Andrew question, but to make a decision like the queen did, I think she made the right call in um, choosing to only have working members of the Royal family. That means that, and we'll, again, we'll talk about this a little bit later in the show, but that means that Beatrice won't be on the balcony. Usually won't be on the balcony, but um, it had to be done that way. And I think she absolutely made the right decision.
0: 100%.
1: Okay. Next topic, garden parties. Do you want the good news or the bad news first? Give me the good news again. You know, this is funny because my mom used to say that to me whenever I was a kid and she had something, she had good news and bad news. She would always ask this. So mom, I know you're listening and I'm sure you're like, Hey, I used to say that this is where I got the idea from, I think. Okay. So let's start with the good news. Garden parties are back. Woohoo! After being canceled for the past two years, because of COVID, there will be three garden parties at Buckingham palace in May and one at the palace of Holyrood house in Edinburgh, Scotland in June. But the bad news, the queen won't be in attendance as it would require too much standing. So fun fact about garden parties, which have been held at Buckingham Palace since the 1860s as a way to recognize public service. Get this, Jessica, around 27,000 cups of tea are served and 20,000 slices of cake are eaten. That is crazy. Oh my
0: gosh. I would love to go to a garden party at the palace. I think that would be such a dream and i would love to have a cup of tea with the queen at a garden party
1: i know i know and you know i just thought of this we started our show in november 2020 there has never been a garden party since we started the show this is the first this is the first garden party season since we've been on the air and we've been on for a year and a half so that by the way it's almost our anniversary i just realized that we recorded our first episode november 14th 2020 which is charles's birthday randomly and so may 14th is our 18 month anniversary so happy anniversary to us because that's this week (laughs) Okay. okay third topic for this new segment let's talk about the queen and the state opening of parliament which happened today tuesday do you want the good news or the bad news
0: all right, we'll switch it up. Let me have the bad news first this
1: time. Okay. So, the bad news, of course, is the Queen had to miss it due to quote unquote episodic mobility problems, as a statement from Buckingham Palace said. I feel like this is just the norm now that Charles will be going in her stead, I I know she has to be saving all of her energy up for the Platinum Jubilee in a few weeks but Charles of course we've seen him accompany the Queen to the state opening of Parliament but today was the first time that he actually represented the Queen in her absence. This is, by the way, only her third time to miss the state opening of Parliament, so this is a big deal. The other two times were due to her pregnancies with Andrew and Edward. And throughout the Queen's 11-minute speech, which Charles delivered, the striking image of the imperial state crown sitting there was not lost on me. So the queen has not worn the imperial state crown in a few years. It's really heavy. It's about two pounds, which doesn't sound like a lot unless you're carrying it on top of your head. Um, But the queen wasn't there in person. And it just felt like the the imperial state crown was was representing her in her absence. And I just really felt her absence today. I could see it on the faces of Charles and William. Maybe I was overanalyzing this, but it's just her absence was really profoundly felt today and there was some some history made today though it wasn't all for nothing um the good news if we can find any from this is William attended his first opening of Parliament alongside Charles who read the Queen's speech and a lot of other historical things happen I will um send along an article from People Magazine to put in our show notes about all the ways that history was made at today's state opening of Parliament. There's a lot of different things that happened today that you might have missed unless you kind of knew the lay of the land like People Magazine does. So it was a historic day today, but her absence is just so profoundly felt. What do you think?
0: Yeah, you know, I was actually talking to someone about this recently, and they were surprised to hear it. And and my comment was sort of like yours. I wasn't really surprised because it does feel like it's become the norm lately. And, you know, that's saying that, unfortunately, Um, it was definitely a new, um, a new sort of experience not having her there. And um, she's been there so many, so many years before. Um, but I do think it is exciting to hear about, you know, William being able to t- attend his first opening of Parliament. And I do think that would be a great read for our listeners. We'll, we'll definitely share that article in the um, in the show notes.
1: Yeah, it was really it was a really interesting read. And so we'll make sure to include that. So Our final topic in this new segment, I kind of like this segment. Um, It's a different way to do the news, to do the Royal Rundown. So, um, and there's, and as with so many things in Royal life, there's a good side and a bad side to the coin. So our final topic, Netflix and the Sussexes. So for the fourth and final time, would you like the good news or the bad news first? You can give me the bad news again. So we'll end on the good news. Good. Okay. I like, I like that attitude. I like the way you think. So the bad news, Megan's animated series, Pearl, was one of several animated projects dropped by Netflix amidst the streaming services' recent cutbacks. So Pearl was going to be a girl's, quote, heroic adventure as she learns to step into her power and finds inspiration from influential women throughout history. But the good news is Heart of Invictus is still happening which is a documentary series about the recent Invictus Games. So we saw Netflix cameras all over the Invictus Games last month. And so not surprisingly at all, that is going to continue on through production. So uh, any thoughts on
0: this? Yeah, you know, I think the Netflix... um... News about Pearl came as a little bit of a surprise following all of the loss of subscribers Netflix had recently. Um, but, you know, I mean, maybe that's kind of why I was on Amazon Prime. I'm kind of right there with other subscribers. I haven't really seen a lot of great new content out there lately. Um, I am looking forward to Heart of Invictus. I plan to watch that. Pearl probably wasn't really in a list of shows that I would watch anyway. I think it's, you know, for kids. Um but yeah. I, I was surprised to hear the news, but we'll, we'll tune into Heart of Invictus when it's live.
1: Yeah, I have no idea yet when that release date will be. But for those wondering, and I know you're wondering out there, will Netflix cameras be at the Platinum Jubilee with the Sussexes? I am hearing no. So the only reason they were there for Invictus Games was because it, the whole documentary is about the Invictus Games. So there's your answer from what I know. As of now. So that's segment two. That was kind of fun. I like it. I dig it. I dig it. Okay. Well, let's move into segment three the Royal Rundown. You'll kick us off with topic one Charlotte's birthday photos.
0: Yeah. So just ahead of her seventh birthday on May, second the duke and duchess of cambridge released three photos of charlotte to mark the occasion so the photos were as ever taken by the duchess of cambridge and they featured charlotte in a field of bluebells in norfolk where the cambridges country home is located in one of the photos, I'm sure our listeners saw this one. It was everywhere. Charlotte was joined by the Cambridge's newest, I'll, I'll say, puppy, who we finally learned has a name, um, and its name is Orla. I thought that was a really interesting name for their puppy. It's the I love first it. time I do too. It's the first time a photo of Orla um, has been um, shared with the public. Um and Orla is a black cocker spaniel, Um, and the name actually is a Celtic name, and it means golden princess.
1: I love that. Charlotte, first of all, Charlotte is William's spitting image, okay, like it is uncanny, and Charlotte has hair goals for days, like can we get what Charlotte's having as far as hair length. And I mean, she's just growing up into such a beautiful little girl and we live for these Cambridge kids photos. And so we'll get some of George in July for his birthday, but we also want to wish a happy third birthday on May 6th to Archie Mountbatten Windsor. I almost said his full name Archie Harrison Mountbatten Windsor. That's just what I've gotten so used to saying. You know, every we we did an Instagram post on him and that is the longest dog on hashtag in the entire world. Archie Harrison Mountbatten Windsor. But happy birthday to the uh, the Cambridge princess and the Sussex master, if you will. Archie and Charlotte, happy birthday. So, let's move into topic too, which is really a frightening topic. We've had another security breach and, um, it, th- it comes not too long after the breach at Windsor f- over Christmas Do you? Rem- I know we reported on this. Do you remember this when, um, they caught someone with like a crossbow, um, mm-hmm. and the queen was at Windsor for Christmas, Charles and Camilla were there as well. I don't know how this keeps happening, but an investigation is underway after an intruder, posing as a priest, spent the night last week at the Victoria Barracks at Windsor, which houses the soldiers who protect the queen while she is in Windsor. Thankfully, at the time she was not at Windsor. She was away at Sandringham when the security breach took place on April 26th, and a man dressed as a priest was let inside without having to show identification. He spent the evening eating and drinking with senior officers who apparently began to become suspicious after some of the quote-unquote priests' far-flung stories about working as an ejector seat test pilot, okay, and having his organs replaced. By the way, I read that He went by Father Cruz, C-R-U-I-S-E. Very, very strange. He spent the night there, Jessica, and a report wasn't made of an intrusion until 9.20 a.m. the following day. The man was removed and no further action was required, although the uh, whole situation is under investigation now. Um, Something obviously needs to be done to overhaul security within the royal palaces. There is an investigation happening right now as to how this could have happened so the police aren't commenting any further but that is terrifying and of course so this happened the december 2021 crossbow thing happened and then if you watch the crown which i know you do jessica but listeners if you watch the crown you'll remember the show portrayed the 1982 buckingham palace break-in where a man was able to to penetrate into the queen's bedroom and so um just really scary. I'm so thankful she wasn't there. But the fact that he was allowed to not only go into the barracks, but spend the night there, that is
0: terrifying to me. I mean, it's scary, but I did have a laugh. It's also funny, but it's scary. <laughs> like, it's, 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 scary. yes. Okay. So
1: you broke the ice. It is a little funny, but it's also really scary that, like, who is minding the store here? Like, could I just put, I mean, I I don't know. Maybe I couldn't because I'm a woman, but just put just on it. Just
0: trying a- to imagine him sitting around with senior officers, like, you know, <laughs> dining and like, you know, having the best drink Saying he gets to sleep in this palace. Like, you know, like, what is he thinking? Like, wow, you know, just living like a prince for a night. And then he's out the next day. Of course, it's only funny because nothing dangerous really happened. Um, It is scary and, and it's sad, honestly, to think that. The palaces are going to have to ramp up security. You know, it, it's nice to sort of think of a, a place where we can have these royal residences and enjoy their beauty without having to have them on lockdown, you know, where we can trust really? people to not do things like that. Um, you know, but we're, we're just not in that world anymore. Um, so definitely a funny story, but, but a scary element too.
1: What I also just remembered when that woman said she was, um, with like dating or whatever it was with Prince Andrew and they let her inside and, um, and then, um, but it makes me, it makes me think differently now of Harry's comments, to a copy on today where he said that he wanted to make sure that she had the right people around her maybe he maybe harry really is onto something here with royal security i mean obviously something needs to be done it's just i mean thank god she wasn't there thank god no one was hurt i i mean he wasn't in windsor castle right he was in the barracks but still he was on the grounds and that's that's just frightening so there's your scary bit of royal news for the week and uh on a, well, I, I say on a lighter note, but not really. Um, Eugenie has launched a podcast about a uh, very serious topic. Tell us about that.
0: Yeah. So this, you know, Long Slavery has finally launched. Um, it's called Floodlight, and it's in honor of her charity, the Anti-Slavery Collective. It launched on April 27th, and in a post about the podcast, Eugenie wrote, Floodlight shows you just how prominent modern slavery is and that we can all do something about it. So it's co-hosted by Eugenie and Julia de Bonville, which I'm not sure that I said that correctly, Um, but they co-founded the Anti-Slavery Collective in 2017 to combat modern slavery and trafficking. Uh, The show will feature the duo speaking with guests from all walks of life who are helping to combat modern slavery in a variety of different ways.
1: And one other quick note about the York sisters, Beatrice and Edo, Chris and Sienna, since our last episode. So congratulations to the Mapeli matsis That's exciting.
0: That is exciting. Congratulations. And, you know, Beatrice um, and Edo have done a lot of royal sort of ceremonies and activities, but kind of... Um, under the radar you know they they've done mm-hmm. these sort of smaller events and I imagine that's a way for them to experience those traditions but in a more private way so that's really cool for them
1: yeah the christening pretty much flew under the radar but I did catch it in the mirror so congratulations to the Mapelle. and by the way Beatrice is she's always been beautiful but she is just looking more radiant than ever motherhood really suits her and she just looks fantastic
0: mm-hmm, I agree so we'll uh, go on to the next topic now. Um, in a royal first, Kate and Anne stepped out for their first ever joint outing visiting the London headquarters of the Royal College of Midwives and the Royal College of Ob- Obstetricians and Gynecologists, of which Anne and Kate are patrons. That word always trips me up. Mm-hmm. Um, The visit was to highlight the improvement of maternal health care. And later that week, Kate announced a new patronage for the Maternal Mental Health Alliance.
1: And moving into our next topic, topic five, Charles and Camilla are about to head off on tour. Um, They are headed to Canada next week, which we, I know, have spoken about on the show before. They will only be there from May 17th to 19th, but we'll see the couple trek 2,000 miles across the country in honor of the Platinum Jubilee.
0: Our next topic, um, we'll talk about the Royal Windsor Horse Show this weekend. So, the Royal Windsor Horse Show um, is this weekend, and it'll feature many of the Queen's twelve great grandchildren paying tribute to Her Majesty in Sunday's Gallop Through History gala performance. The Queen's great grandchildren will ride in a horse-drawn carriage driven by none other than Lady Louise Windsor, who is Edward and Sophie's daughter. And you know, we've talked about this before. She inherited a love of carriage driving from her late grandfather prince philip which is such a special uh bond that they had together
1: yeah this is this is super sweet and super emotional so the littlest royals were seen practicing for the show this past weekend so we are expecting the cambridge kids george charlotte louis as well as peter and autumn phillips daughters savannah and isla Zara and Mike Tindall's three kids, Mia, Lena, and Lucas, August, Brooksbank, and even little seven-month-old Sienna Mappali matsi who we just mentioned. So Archie and Lily probably won't be there. They're not expected to be in attendance, as they likely won't be flying in for the Platinum Jubilee until much closer to June 2nd. And speaking of, we for our last topic, we figured now would be a great time, since we don't have a guest this week, it's just us, to run down what is on deck for the Platinum Jubilee, which will be held from June 2nd to 5th. So here's our Platinum Jubilee schedule, our our Platinum Jubilee primer. So honestly, the Platinum Jubilee is sneaking up on us and it's going to be here before we know it. It is May 10th as we record this episode, so it's officially less than a month away. And uh, by the way, fun fact, we already know the Queen is the longest ruling monarch in British history, which she became in September, 2015, surpassing her great-great-grandmother, Queen Victoria, who spent 63 years and 216 days on the throne. But this past Monday, so yesterday, May 9th, the queen became the third longest reigning monarch in world history. As queen for 70 years and 92 days, she surpassed Johann II of Liechtenstein, who ruled for 70 years and 91 days before he died in October 2016. And in just 32 more days from when this episode airs on May 11th, the queen could move into the second place spot from Thailand's, oh my gosh, I'm going to butcher this royally, no pun intended, King Boumabal Dej, I don't think I butchered that as bad as I thought I would, who reigned for 70 years and 126 days. But to take the top spot, she's got a couple more years to go. King Louis XIV of France ruled for 72 years and 110 days. So there's your, I guess, your history lesson for this week. So on to the Platinum Jubilee. So on Thursday, June 2nd, we mentioned at the top of the show, we have Trooping the Color. We have a fly pass. I love a fly pass. Do you love a fly pass? We all love a fly Thank pass. You. Yeah, it's one of my favorite royal occasions. Um, Along with the Buckingham Palace balcony appearance, of course, we've already discussed that. Only working royals will be there. Uh, then on Friday, June 3rd, there will be a service of Thanksgiving at St. Paul's Cathedral. I think, and I said this at the top of the show, I think this is where we will probably see the Sussexes for the first time. Um, We know we're not seeing them on the balcony. So we will probably see them at the June 3rd service.
0: Well, we'll definitely be on the lookout. Um, And then on that Saturday, June 4th, there will be the Derby at Epsom Downs. And then later, the Platinum Party at the Palace, which will air live on the BBC from 8 p.m. to 10.30 p.m. London time. Then on Sunday June 5th, the big Jubilee lunch will take place which I'm super excited about, followed by the Platinum Jubilee pageant bringing to life iconic moments from the Queen's reign. Yeah, I'm really excited about the big Jubilee lunch even though I won't be there. I just love this idea for some reason. It is so cool to me.
1: <laughs> I know, I'm this is this is sneaking up on us and I feel like I'm not giving it the credence. I don't know. I don't know how I should be feeling, but I feel like it's not really happening, but it is really happening and it's happening soon at that. And so I just am am so excited to see it all happen. I mean, it it happens every 10 years. Obviously we haven't seen a Jubilee since 2012. It would be, if, if, if we see another Jubilee, it would be, (laughs) I, I don't know if we will with, with her majesty as much as we'd love to. So we've really got to savor this and just I love it and enjoy it and soak it all up. And um, I can't wait to watch it all unfold and talk it all out on the show. So uh, Platinum Jubilee in what, three and a half weeks? Is that it? So it's it's gonna be here before we know it. And so there's your Platinum Jubilee schedule primer so plan accordingly basically block off June 2nd through 5th in your calendars we're in the U.S. so we don't get two bank holidays like they do in the UK so we'll have to make it work but we will be tuned in and dialed in
0: I'm going to say right now we will come up with something Rachel to do to celebrate that week whether we oh yeah
1: yeah, we we definitely at minimum we'll go to dinner together but we we need to I'm I'm already thinking how can we find a way to watch the uh platinum party at the palace Ooh. live. So listeners if you have any ideas for how to get live BBC coverage in the great state of Alabama <laughs> please let us know because um that's that's going to be great and um I mean I think I if you go to the royal family's website they have all of this listed and we just glazed over it. I mean, there's so many other historical things that will be happening. And really it's just going to be a celebration of the last 70 years. And it's just going to be such a fitting and touching and moving tribute for her majesty who deserves it all. So I'm so excited.
0: So we're going to wrap up this episode with one more quick little lifestyle segment. We haven't done one of these in a while because we've had quite a few really great interviews, Uh, but Um, You know, we've talked a lot about the many beautiful residences of the British royal family on past episodes. Definitely go out and listen to those if you haven't. Um, But we've never really taken a look at residences of other royal families around the globe. So, there are quite a few Um, I think we've got just a couple to hit on today and we'll share kind of a, a short little about a few of these that stuck out to us and we may do a deep dive into some of these later on in other episodes, but um, we'll get started with um, Sweden so. The royal family of Sweden calls, and I don't, I may butcher this word, Rachel, um, Drottingholm Royal Palace in Stockholm, their home. So this palace has been the official residence of the Swedish royal family since 1981. Um, it's got five museums and an 18th century theater. So, Rachel, can you guess how many rooms this residence has?
1: Oh my gosh, 417.
0: it's got 600 rooms which is just mind-blowing so the southern rooms are reserved for the royals but the public can actually visit the rest of the royal grounds year-round so listeners if you are in Stockholm at any point or if you plan to visit check out how you might be able to schedule a visit to this royal palace
1: I would say and you could I, I don't want to speak for you but if if I would put our top two Royal families that we love the most outside of obviously the British Royal family, Sweden and Monaco. Wouldn't you say that? We love
0: them. Yeah, totally.
1: And so speaking of, and so I, if I'm ever in Stockholm, I'm for sure, for sure, scheduling a visit to Drawing, draw, no no, I'm sorry, I, I'm again butchering that palace, but also Monaco. So we love Monaco on this show, and the official royal residence in Monaco is called the Princess Palace and was constructed in 1611 as a fortress. So Prince Albert and Princess Charlene, who we talk about a lot on the show, they live here. And they allow the public to visit as well. So if you're ever in Monaco, you can see the changing of the guards every day at 11.55 a.m. And in certain times of the year, they open the palace for public tours. So this year it will open in July, which breaks my heart wide open because i will be in europe in july but not in monaco maybe i I don't know maybe i can find a way to sneak over there although i doubt i have time um you can even see the cars collection of the prince of monaco and palace tours go for surprisingly affordable 10 euros and the cars collection are just eight euros so that's pretty that's pretty affordable
0: yeah definitely um i think that would be a really fun royal tour to check out absolutely So, the next country on our list is Norway. Um, The Royal Family of Norway's official residence and primary office is the Royal Palace in Oslo, Norway. And it's been the official residence since 1849 when King Oscar I moved into the palace. The residence has 173 rooms, so quite a bit smaller than uh, the the Swedish palace, and it has this one particular room that's known as the bird room it's kind of a famous room in the palace so. it's most commonly recognized because of the way it's uniquely decorated and the Royal family takes a lot of their official photographs here so. Mm -hmm. Um, you go in this room and you're going to see Norwegian landscapes painted on all the walls. They've got these sort of like posts that are, are painted up the walls, too, um, and they've got ivy weaving around the post, and it's supposed to give visitors the feeling of being in an open garden pavilion. So the paintings on the walls include 43 Norwegian birds and six butterflies, and there's an eagle painted on the ceiling. Um, I thought this was a fun fact the light fixtures in this room are some of the first electrical lights in Norway, Um, Mm -hmm. and the council chamber is also located in this palace so that's where the king oversees the Council of the State. Um, The palace is open for public visitors during the summer months so another one you can check out if you're ever visiting Norway.
1: I love, You know, maybe, you know how some people have like, they want to visit every MLB stadium around the country or, <laughs> you know, getting real Southern and real granular every SEC football stadium, we need to have like a, like a punch card for like every Royal Palace across the world. I am. Um, how fun would that be we need to trademark that so um, we love the Japanese imperial family as well and if you've ever wanted to visit Japan make a stop at the imperial palace in Tokyo Japanese emperors have resided at this royal home since 1868 and the palace grounds stretch for 1.3 miles just like our other royal families around the world which we didn't have a royals around the Royals around the world segment, but this is kind of it. I love it. Um, the inside of the palace is open for public visitors two times a year. Just two times a year. My gosh, um, you got to be real specific when you visit the when you visit the Japanese royal family on January second and February twenty third. So January second is in celebration of the New Year, and February twenty third marks the Japanese Emperor's birthday. So if you happen to find yourself there outside of those dates, you might be happy to know you can still tour the East Garden. which is the part of the property that is open all year and visitors can climb the foundation where Japan's tallest castle tower once stood and get a great view of the cherry blossoms. That's cool.
0: That sounds really beautiful. Yeah. So our last location is a little bit of a history lesson. We'll um, dive into that. We're going to go to Denmark. Rachel, did you know that Denmark has one of the oldest monarchies in the world?
1: I know that they have one, but I didn't know it was one of the oldest monarchies in the world.
0: So Copenhagen is home to the Amalienborg Palace. I'm not sure that I'm saying that right. with my. I think that's right. um, It's made up of four identical buildings, and they are Christian VII's Palace, which is a guest residence. Frederick VIII's Palace, which is home of the Crown Prince family. So Prince Frederick is the oldest son of the reigning queen. Then there's Christian the ninth palace, which is home of the reigning queen and Christian the eighth palace, which is the guest palace of the Queen's younger son, uh, the Prince of Denmark and her um, younger sister. The the Princess of Denmark, that's their guest palace. So Mm -hmm. in this last building, you can find the Amalienborg Museum. Um, So most of these buildings are not open to the public, um, but you can go and see the changing of the guards, which takes place every day at noon. The guards will march through the streets. There's typically some sort of music that goes along with it. And the loophole, if you do want to get inside one of the palace buildings, is to schedule a visit at the museum, which is located in that fourth building. So this is actually open to public visitors. um, And as I mentioned, um, it's located in the the guest um, palace of the Prince and Princess. So The museum has an exhibit on the monarchy, and it provides historical glimpses that kind of span the past 150 years, and I thought this was really cool. So if you go back in history 150 years, the king and queen of Denmark at that time are known as the in-laws of Europe. Do you know why, Rachel?
1: I have no idea.
0: So they're known as the in-laws of Europe because four of their five children ascended the thrones of Denmark, Greece, Russia, and even England. <laughs> um, so they they pretty much married into other royal families around Europe. Um, so for listeners, if you here, here's where our history lesson really comes into place. So if you didn't already know this, Alexandria of Denmark, which was one of their daughters, married King Edward VII, who was the oldest son of Queen Victoria. Um, and of course, he became king of the United Kingdom and made... Um, Alexandria, Queen Alexandria. Um, so their preferred residence was Sandringham House, which we are all very familiar with. And right. one of her sons was George V, um, who we know went on to have his own son, George VI, who is Queen Elizabeth's father. So a huh. um, little family tree there. You can kind of trace back family roots to Denmark. I thought that was really cool.
1: Oh, I love a good history lesson like that. that okay, that was really interesting we're going to have to do a little bit more of a deep dive on these residences in the future but that was a really good primer
0: I love that that's for so sure. interesting yeah I would love we'll, we'll dig into some of this more in future episodes because there's some other really cool info out there that we can talk about
1: well what an episode episode 61 anything else for the good of the order before we conclude
0: I don't think so it was good to be back one-on-one with you podcast yeah
1: we, yeah, it's just, sometimes it's just good to have just the two of us. And, um, I have to tell you though, we have some, again, like, I know I always say this and I'm always right. We always do have interesting guests, but we have, I mean, we just booked a guest for this summer that it that doesn't on its face seem like, a, you know, who I'm talking about mm-hmm. doesn't on its face seem like that would be a, a Royal podcast guest because this person is so famous, but, this person's coming on our show and I can't wait for it. So um I, oh, we just got, have so much ahead. The Platinum Jubilee, we've got a lot to look forward to this year. The crown, of course, later in the year. So in the meantime, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Podcast Royal. We post now, so yay for us. Um, email us at hellopodcastroyal at gmail.com. We will always answer. And follow, rate, and review our podcast. We've been um, really happy to see some good reviews coming in. And that really helps us, our podcast be found on the Apple Podcast algorithms in particular. So thank you so much for tuning into episode 61 of Podcast Royal. We'll be back in a couple weeks with all the royal news you need to know. Bye.
0: Bye.